VIP Access with Aniko. Welcome to VIP Access. My podcast is now on its second season, but the YouTube series has been in existence from 2018. I'm very excited every week to be sitting down with somebody who is so inspiring and doing amazing things in their field. The artist I'm about to sit here with today is an amazing songwriter. She's won a lot of accolades or been acknowledged for her songwriting. She also dabbles in music and PR and marketing. And today, I just want to talk to her about dabbling in both and being excellent at both. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Olivia Ambani. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming through. What's up, girl? Good. It's good. good. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice to see you. It's always nice to listen to you. And you always give me a good vibe. Thank like you. um your music or even just interacting with you. You're always sort of calm. You oh, is this you like on a on a day to day or what's your personality like? You know, I have a mixed personality, but ah. mainly I'm calm. Okay. Like mainly I'm calm, but I can get super excited. So people who are used to seeing me calm are like, Oh wow, you have that side of you. <laughs> But I guess I'm very comfortable with contradictions mm -hmm. when it comes to personality or things in life. So, yeah, but I'm a mix of both. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So Olivia Ambani is a name I, I think first came in contact with when you're working in PR and then COVID time period happened and then you dropped an album and I was like, wow. And I think even before when you were just known as a marketing guru, there were you know, things you're doing here and there as a musician. But then I feel like sometimes until you put out an album, guys are like, oh, okay, so you're a real artist. Exactly. So tell me about that journey, you know, from PR into coming to your music and now doing both. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how much time we have, but I will summarize. <laughs> I will summarize. So I think for me, music was always my first love. Okay. Um, marketing I happened to do because... It was kind of, it just landed in my lap. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I would work, I started off as a graphic designer. And then there was oh, always like, yeah. So You're I was, a graphic designer. Yeah, a graphic so designer. you're designing all your cool post tech. <laughs> yes. All your that. Cool profile. All that I do. Isn't that like the best thing that would happen to a marketing in-house? It really is. It really wow. is. So that's how I ended up doing marketing was I'd start off doing graphic design for a company, but then they never really had anyone doing marketing. And so then I'd end up like kind of filling in the post. And then in the end, I end up actually doing it full time. Okay. So because I'm also a graphic designer, it was kind of a perfect mix. Yes. Um, so it just kind of found me, you know, doing graphic design. And then you know how it is. You study something and you're like, well, I better work in it. Um, so that's how I ended up doing that. But then rewinding a couple of years back, I've always sung like in school. I was in the choirs. I had a, I was in part of a girl group, like we used to sing at weddings. And then when I went to university, I tried to, you know, become an artist. Mm -hmm. So I was auditioned, I actually auditioned for X Factor in England where I was studying. I didn't get beyond the first, <laughs> the first audition, which was quite disheartening. Well, was it so nerve-wracking to be on that stage? It wasn't even nerve-wracking. It's just like you start singing. I mean, you are nervous because yeah. it's not even on the stage. You have like producers, you know, before the, the version you see on TV, like they have smaller auditions. Yes. So that's the audition I went for. Yeah. And so in the middle of singing, they were like, thank you. You're not quite what we're looking for. <laughs> you have to like gather yourself. Yeah, I'm laughing, but <laughs> don't you know? And then yeah. I was like, I wanted to cry. But then I, I remember saying, okay, whatever. I guess if they don't want me, like, I think it was very disheartening for people in such a position to say no to you. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but then it taught me something. A few years later, I had to perform at my friend's wedding and I couldn't tell her, oh, they said no to me at X Factor, so I'm not singing at your wedding. Yeah. So performing there, I felt free. Like I, I didn't have to worry and I, I still loved it. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe this thing is like, whether other people validate me or not, I, I probably can do it. After university, I came back and I actually did some background vocals for like some artists like Jal. So I actually did something for Jal, Emmanuel Jal. Wow. Yeah, so I remember he I was... always wonder like who are doing backup vocals for such accomplished artists. Yes, this was, this was you. <laughs> this was me. This was me because I was just trying to figure out how do I break the industry? How do I get out there? And when I was starting, there were... The indie independent artist was not a big thing. No, it was. It was mainly it like at all. you need to be, you know, either competition and or and also kind of had to sound a certain way. Exactly. Like I feel like our industry in the world generally, like the industry wasn't so open to no. alte sounds like that. No. And now things have really changed. Yeah. Even when Barnaboy was coming up, he wasn't mainstream pop and all that. He had his kind of own sound. And that broke him out. So exactly. things have really changed. I, I think like from twenty eighteen. Yeah, I think from like 2017, there was a silent shift. Then 2018 is when I think it became more yes, public. Yes, and yes. so the advantage I had was by the time that was happening, I had already decided I'm going to, you know, become a musician, like an independent artist. I had this moment where I asked myself, I felt like it was God saying, what's the one thing you would regret? Mm. And it was if I never created a body of work. Mm. And so I said, okay, how am I going to do it? I have no idea, but I'm going to bank on myself. I'm going to figure out a way to make my dreams come true. I was good at supporting other people, but I felt like I wasn't supporting myself in the same way. And so I chose to support myself. And so it just started really slowly, like just performing more. Um, and then I realized I can write, that I'm a really good songwriter. So I had, during university, I used to keep voice notes on my phone. So I had like a hundred unfinished like voice notes of songs. And I thought, you know, why not? Start finishing. Yeah, so I revisited some, but then I also decided to write some fresh music, mm. and then that's how my journey started. And then I decided I'll start performing as well, and so my marketing work kind of came in handy because I decided to make myself my own client. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, see, I'm a marketer. Let, let me hire my services to help me market what I do, and so I used that. And then I I also just decided, like the money I was getting for my marketing work is what funded my album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was like finding out about investments, finding out how I could save because I realized that, you know what, if I'm going to be an independent artist, I need to be really clever about it. I need to learn about the music business. And so that was the journey, you know, started banking on myself and just finding out more. Wow, yeah. wow, wow, wow. I really, really love that story because I feel like there are a lot of artists in the industry who are frustrated and they're like always asking like, how do I work with you or how do I get here or how do I do this? And sometimes I feel like we have um, certain things working around us that we could use to our benefit and sometimes we don't. And I think the very first thing we need to do is show up for ourselves. That's number one. Like you have to exactly. be your number one ambassador. Then you have to be your number one crusader. And then three, then you have to invest in yourself. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And since you started investing in yourself, your music, your career, your album, what could you say is the value and success that you've been able to see after? I had Pilani Bobo, who is a South African musician and creative entrepreneur earlier on on the podcast, and she was talking about 
the fact that even something like media tours, you only see the value after two years. It's crazy that she said that so confidently. And you know, she's been in the corporate creative space and marketing space for such a long time, even longer than me. So I was like, oh, okay, it's two years. Good to know. But everyone is chasing instant gratification yeah. or success, but it's not always coming that instantly. So in your case, if you look back at everything you did to facilitate your own music career, what are the fruits that you've been reaping and continue to reap until today? The many. I mean, <laughs> I think the first, I love the, first, the first one is realizing I could actually do it. Like I had this idea, I followed through and I, it actually happened. You know, I think that's one of the biggest affirmations for me. Like I was like, I can actually do a lot more than I realized. So I think my self-belief went from here to like, <laughs> like another number. So that was number one. And so... And it it was life changing because now I was taking more risks and I was putting myself out there because, you know, sometimes when you're creating things, anything, you wonder, will anybody like like what I'm doing? Mm. You know, yes, we could say it's fine if I only like it, but of course we want other people to connect with it. So I think self-belief and then just how people were responding to the music because I was worried at first because I'm not doing what you typically do in terms of like what you'd say, I guess, is a Kenyan sound or an African artist sound but I really believed in what I was doing I was like we listen to all types of music so surely other people listen to what I have so there was you know just the affirmation of where you're from people can accept you as you are mm. and then I think other things was just opportunities so I got nominated for the own Africa music awards for songwriter of the year and that was when I just released one song Wow. Better than just fine and I remember when I was applying for it I was like ah this will never happen but anyways I will apply and so just having other people recognize what I've done. And then the other thing is just also to be able to earn from it. So now I'm able to like earn like from some of the streams, being booked for shows and the opportunities I've been getting to like share my story and inspire other people to follow their dreams. Because to me, that's a really important thing. Seeing different people achieving their dreams in different ways, I think is very powerful. And I feel when I was doing it, I didn't have as many people who were doing it the way I was doing it. So I thought, is it really possible? And so now when, you know, my music was out and I was starting to get booked more and people asking me to do interviews, it was really important for me to help other people feel validated that your process is perfectly fine. Even if you can't see anybody out there doing it like you, you still should pursue your dreams. Ooh, child! <laughs> I hope you're all listening and waking up from your sleeping beds. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well done. And you didn't also mention an, an important award that you won as a songwriter for the Cafe yes, Thomas. I do. Which it. took you by surprise. Absolute surprise. So I remember last year I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to win an award. And then I forgot about it. And then I got nominated for it. And for me, when I got nominated for it, I was like, oh, wow, this this is fantastic. And then I almost counted myself out because I was in like the people who are in my group are pretty top tier. They're pretty <laughs> amazing. So there was yeah. Riri who was in the same group. as Ben Sol, yes. And Lisa Noah. So I was like, oh. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> let me be hopeful. <laughs> so I remember looking at it. But then I remember something. I was like, I've been working on my mindset and the I really believe in the power of manifestation and that we can call things to us. Mm. So I told myself, what do you want? I said, I want this award. I'm like, okay, so act like you've already won. I literally, Whoa. yeah, I just told myself like two weeks before, it's like, act like you've won. So if you've won, what would you do? I would write a speech. So day before the award, I wrote a speech and I sent it to a friend um, because I was having two awards at the same time. So I'd been nominated for Kalasha Awards for something and then also um, Cafe Goma. So I was like, you'd make sure someone was there. 
and you'd, you know, write a speech. I was yeah. like, and you'd dress a specific way. Um, and then even when I was asking people to vote for me, because it was purely on votes, okay. I was very specific and I was like, who do you think would vote for you? But then I was like, yeah, songwriter, I'd push the songwriter, like, uh, basically nomination. Mm. And then I was like, act like you've won. And I remember one day I sat down and I closed my eyes and I visualized how it would feel winning. Like me going up to get the award, them saying my name. Fast forward to the the show day, you know, the award day. I'm there. I mean, one award show, I was like, Kalasha. And I was messaging my friend, like, have they announced? Have they announced? And then, like, she was like, yeah, they've announced. You've won. And I, like, literally... No, 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 wait. You won two awards at the very same time. No, I was in Kalasha because I was nominated. Yeah. And they were both on the same day. So Kalasha Awards was on the same day. Cafe Gom was the same. Okay, I understand. So now... It wouldn't be a different place at the same time. time. Uh So I knew I was going to go to Cafe Goma in the end. But I was like, Kalasha starts earlier. So, so I went to the Kalasha first. And then, you know, hopefully they'll announce my category and then I can rush off to Cafe Goma. So they announced my category in Kalasha, which was um, best song or best soundtrack for a documentary. And so I was nominated for that, for Better Than Just Fine. Mm. And then they announced I didn't win. But I was like, you know what, it's fine. I was nominated. That was a pretty good thing. It was for a documentary called Tales from the Pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was a, basically a documentary about just how we were surviving COVID mm-hmm. in Kenya and different people's stories. And I was featured in that. Nice. That was nice. So I was there texting my friend, like, okay, have what's they announced happening? what's happening? And then that's when she's like, you won. So I started screaming. They have not announced anything. What, what's wrong with it? I was like, I just won. I just won. I was like, oh. I was so excited. And it just, it was such a powerful moment mm-hmm. because I remember how many years I've been doing like music how I just dreamt of one day winning something like this. And then it actually happened. So that moment for me was really big. So I remember rushing out, getting an Uber, because thankfully they were not too far. So one was at Safari Park and the other was like in Runda. So, you know, there's like a, a way you so get... So you even made it. <laughs> I made it. I made it to the other one and managed to like collect my award. Fantastic. Yeah. They but, gave you a chance to say something. Yeah. So my friend said it for me because mm-hmm. I'd sent her the speech already. So she was able to say the speech for me, but at least I was able to just get to the award and receive it. it. Wow, wow, wow. What a success story. But what a story of not just sleeping and waiting for success, but working hard and manifesting Mm -hmm. and getting ready for the moment. Exactly. Because one thing BN always used to tell me, especially when I used to work with Saudi so often, you have to be ready for the opportunity. You know, what happens if the opportunity comes to you right now? And sometimes the creatives are not that ready or people are just not ready like that. But you have to always prepare yourself. I want to talk about your album, The Awakening, which dropped in 2020. And um, this was just at the verge of COVID. A lot of people were pushing projects or felt like this project will not be received well because of this season. But I think we spoke earlier and you say that you were determined to release it because it had been work in progress and you already had planned to release it then either way. So how did it do to release an album and your debut project in that period? What was the reception like? Firstly, it was massive risk because like COVID had started, I think now when it hit Kenya, it was like, I think March. It was March 9th. Yes, yes, yes. I had planned to release my album in that month, Mm. but then COVID happened. So for two weeks, I was confused. I was like, should I do it? Should I not do it? I mean, we, we were just getting used to, we didn't even know what was happening. Mm. We were like, are we going to be closed for a week, yeah. two weeks? So I didn't know. But then I've learned something. I go with my instinct. So 
I really felt I should still release it. I mean, by then, not many people were releasing stuff because it was very early. So it was mm-hmm. April. I think it was April 9th specifically. And I said, okay, I'll still send it to the distributor because I use DistroKid and just trust my instinct and do it. Yeah. It definitely did pay off. People were at home and they were consuming a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people had time to listen to a full body of work because it's 14 songs. So it's a pretty long album. And I felt like the songs were perfect for the time because the songs are they're about heartbreak but not just heartbreak of like love but also of life Mm. and so I think people were able to connect to lots of different things when it came to the album I had a lot of people say that some of the songs like better than just fine really helped them to like process things because better than just fine is basically about having a dream and figuring out how to make it happen but also when you feel like giving up what should you do yeah and obviously during COVID there was a lot of heartbreak of things course. happening yeah and those other songs on the album like shoulder let it that are like just really inspiring and motivating people to ask for help and support so it, it was perfect like I'm really glad I trusted my instincts but the funny thing was in that year I still wasn't too sure because I only got the feedback like maybe a year later, right? And then also because I couldn't do interviews, like we weren't leaving the house. Even the stations were not allowing people they to get in. Exactly. They were very strict. And if someone had to go, it would be just be one person or exactly the black list for a virtual thing. Yeah. Like, and then it got to a point of so much virtual um, interactions mm-hmm. that now it became a bit dull and boring. Yeah. So then I had to get really creative. And I think what I did was I let the the body of work speak for itself but then I was sending more like private messages to different people to listen to it then I was fortunate enough to do Triller Fest so it was like the first virtual like festival and so I opened for Triller Fest yeah so then that was a great opportunity of course to be able to then get other people to to hear my music Mm -hmm. and then opportunities like that just started coming a friend of mine was in Sri Lanka she's like hey can you perform for us virtually so Lots of different things just started to come. Were there some of those virtual events that were well-paying or paying at periods? The ones I did weren't paying. Okay. Yeah, so they were just mainly just like for promotion. Mm. I know some other people would book. Like later on, I think six months into it is when people now started mm. paying. But people are still trying to figure out, yeah. is, are people even going to tune in? Exactly. Mm. So for, for the first, in the beginning, there was no pain okay. at all. And I, I didn't really do any virtual ones that were paying mm. at that time. But I know for some people, like later on, it, it started mm. to pay. The live performances and also kind of um, interpreting your music into live form. Do you enjoy that? And are you performing enough? Because I spoke to a couple of other female artists here and some complain that there's not enough spaces to perform. And some of the spaces that are in existence in in Nairobi and in Kenya are not paying well enough. Mm. What would you say in terms of the state of live performances and your personal experience with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, firstly, I love live because that's where I started. I've always done live and then kind of went into studio. So live for me is my absolute favorite. Yeah, and I feel like there's a way you can connect to the audience. You can tell a story and I love storytelling. So I absolutely love doing that. And you can get live feedback. Exactly. No, then Yes, it's like Exactly. (laughs) There's a way also seeing people's emotion and response to your music that's super powerful and you feel their energy. So I love love doing live. Now, as for like the state of it in the country and opportunities, I feel they're there, but I do feel that different people who are curating need to be more open-minded as to who they book. 
I understand if you've booked an act and they've been amazing, you want to get them back. But we have thousands and thousands of amazing. Also, oh, people be repeating acts. Yeah, out. yeah. I feel like so it's possible to see yeah. like somebody performing at a yeah, same yeah. space in, in a couple of times. Really, that's not good curation. <laughs> as a as a as a curator myself, stop it, guys. Stop it. Stop stop repeating people. So while you have Olivia and Groovy <laughs> Joe and Budanka, so there's that. But then there's also us as artists mm-hmm. showing that we can deliver a really good live show mm-hmm. because that's the thing they're testing and unfortunately sometimes when they have a bad experience with someone else and they're like okay I'm just gonna go back to this person because they delivered so I think also as artists we need to show we can do live shows and they can be interesting mm-hmm. and they are engaging and and it's, it's a partnership but I do think that it's just being open to that and um, I think we could have more Especially like with festivals, I yeah. feel like we, it would be great to have. I feel like the festivals still haven't come back the way the years yeah. to be before COVID, but they're coming back now. Mm. Like even Blankets was away forever until last December, and now yes. they announced like uh, their entire schedule till end of this year. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I hadn't seen it. Yet. Yeah, they did. So they have four other editions coming. Oh, that's so you should talk to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I've really been trying to get like nice. emailing. So hopefully yeah. I would get to that. But I think it all goes back to like curation but then also being open yeah. to different types of yes, artists yes, because yes. that's the thing and then also how can we access them because sometimes it's like a secret like unless you know you know this person you don't know who's curating for that space yes you know and i understand maybe they might be overwhelmed but then just form a system mm-hmm. and say if you want to perform for us send us a link and yes. then you can see like form a system that makes yeah. it be easy accessible. for you to yeah, be accessible yeah. it's to your benefit yes because then you have a lot of variety and every artist brings different audiences mm. to you. You'll be surprised at how your establishment can grow mm. if you're open. So I think it's a win-win. Mm. And I think that's how I would say, like, if we started working together mm. rather than feeling like there's not enough, then I think our industry will go way faster. Yeah, there's enough if we'd open the room and yes. space to accommodate more people. Exactly. So it seems like there's not enough just because those curating or having the power to make the change are constricted to a certain type of mm-hmm. sound or a certain type of artist and so on and so forth. Yeah, I hear you. Before we finish, I want to talk to you about something I see you doing consistently and it's amazing, the Marketing Mondays. Yes. What is Marketing Mondays about? From what I see, it's kind of like a series of talks where you host different entrepreneurs, creatives and and communication gurus and talk different issues that affect creators in the industry. Is that what it is? And um, how long has it been in existence? And how do you manage to do this every single Monday? Like what happens when you're in traffic or when you're sick or yeah. when you have your periods and you just don't <laughs> do like, like you don't want, want to do any shit <laughs> and you're like, they can't see me like this. Like I can't. It's such pressure to always, yeah. you know. It was, yeah, it's so Marketing Mondays was born because of the pandemic. Okay. So it started off, I wasn't even doing videos. So I started seeing how businesses were struggling or just people were struggling to market and they had no budget. Marketing was the last thing they were thinking about. So I thought, how can I give back or how can I support? And it started with one post where I was like, this is what you could do to market your brand Mm -hmm. during COVID. And then it did really well. And then I was like, maybe I'll do another post. So it just started off as posts, like graphics, Mm -hmm. text, that was it. And then maybe like six months into it, I said, my sister was like, maybe you should do videos. I think it would be really good. So I was like, okay, I'll do one video. So I did one video. I did really well. So I just started adding. And then now I discovered that I decided I wanted to do lives. So where now I'd interview people. 
And the basis of Marketing Mondays is to show people different ways that they could market their brands mm -hmm. and also to be inspired by what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So whether they're creatives or entrepreneurs in different sectors, but also to have that conversation about marketing to be more common. I feel like sometimes people are either afraid or ashamed or they're just like, I don't have budget for yeah. it. So I'm trying to make marketing more accessible to more people. Fantastic. So that's the whole point of Marketing Mondays. Mm -hmm. And it's been growing and lots of people are now like, yeah, I want to be on Marketing Monday. Oh, nice. So, yeah. People are reaching out like, oh, yeah, can, I get, out, can I get on there? So that, that's yeah. nice. That's but very nice. In terms of consistency, I had to learn the hard way because I also burnt out. Like I did it from 2020, just the graphics. Mm -hmm. When I started doing the videos, it, I would do them every Monday and mm -hmm. like post. And then I, I started to burn out even when I'd plan ahead. Mm -hmm. And so I reduced my frequency. Oh. And so it's not yeah. every Monday. No, it's at least minimum once a month. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, because it's a lot to have every week. It is. And so that that taught me even to be aware of pick a frequency that you can maintain for at mm -hmm. least six months. I love that. Yeah. Because sometimes we're doing things because we feel that's what we should do. Uh, that's the same thing I, I use to advise artists, especially about like their social media presence and stuff like that. Even with marketing. You don't have to do everything every day, no. but pick your frequency. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to post on Instagram once a week or once in every two weeks, so be it. Mm -hmm. That's your consistency. Exactly. But if you're trying to keep up like, oh, everyone is posting three posts a day and you burn out. Yeah. And then also that means that your quality will suffer. Yeah. It'll be harder for you to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So I've learned like trust your seasons, do what makes sense for you. So you can still look consistent that you are consistent mm -hmm. when you do something that makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. So that's Marketing Monday. Okay. Yeah. So just before we wrap up, I want you to give the listeners and those who are watching five tips to good marketing. I think the first one I would say in terms of good marketing is expand your view of what marketing is. Right. So marketing is not just promotion. It's your product. It's your service. It's price. It's everything. So expand your view of what marketing is. The second thing when it comes to good marketing is you have to take action. You have to start. A lot of times you stay in the theory base. We're like, okay, I'm going to try this. And then you don't do anything. You have to test it out, right? Because when you're testing it out, it leads me to point three. When you're testing things out, then you're able to evaluate. Make sure that you evaluate whatever you do. If you're running a Facebook advert, Instagram advert, you book a PR firm or you do work with an influencer, make sure you evaluate because you won't know if it's working if you're not going to evaluate. And then the fourth one is try new things. Don't get stuck in, I've done this and it works, so I'm, I'm never changing, right? Try new things, explore different avenues. And so for instance, right now, I would encourage people who've not thought about it. TikTok is somewhere where I would really encourage people to look into because the search engine is really, really good. And there's a way that entrepreneurs can position themselves to get a lot of reach. And then the fifth one is more of a personal one. I think good marketing is one where you're authentic and you connect to the people you're talking to. Never forget that you're marketing to people. They're not just products. They're not just someone who's going to buy their person. So if you remember that you're marketing to a person, how do they think? What would they like? Where would they go to eat or have a good time? If you remember those things, I think you'll have a pretty strong marketing. Ace, 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 ace. Even me, I'm a PR guru, but I'm also learning. Thank you so much for the tips. You're welcome. Before we leave, tell them where they can stream your most recent collaborative project with a label in the UK, yes. which came out, I think, in January. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you can stream Take a Chance 
on Spotify, Apple Music, and you can also sample it on YouTube. So you can check out my YouTube channel, which is Olivia Bunny, and there's a sample of it there. Oh, thank you. You're welcome and thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. It's been so amazing talking to you and you're such an amazing artist and individual and creative. So I wish you well in everything you put your hand to. And I think we always keep in touch. You always update me when you have a new album. You always send me a link or an email and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you. I just want to honor this podcast and say thank you for like what you're doing, for giving us like a platform. Oh, anytime, anytime. This, this I love to do. This I really love to do. Yo, guys, it's been amazing, amazing, amazing to have Olivia Ambani right here. Make sure you follow her on all her social media handles. So Marketing <laughs> Mondays happens at least once a month. Um, on a Monday, but I have tons. I have like 50 plus videos that you can enjoy in the meantime when you're waiting for the next Where are the videos? Days. They're all on Instagram. Ooh, yes, we all about 50 Instagram. videos. Yes, over 50 videos. You don't have any excuse <laughs> to say you don't know nothing about marketing. And it's on that very interesting, educative note that we end the show today. Thank you for listening and watching us here at VIP Access. Next week, I'll be back with yet another artist who's amazing and doing great things. VIP Access with Aniko.